feeling have you been sleeping any better oh rough then again i never slept well before this condition condition it's called pregnancy it's okay to say it out loud something's happened can you just please drive did you see something seeing an entity that takes on the form of your worst fears. Oh, my God. What are you looking at? What did you see? What is wrong with you? Please stop it! We can't stay here. Every contact we have had with the outside has brought us death. Your kids. They deserve hope. Every single decision I have made has been for them. on the trip now, it's going to be rough. Hold on! If you hear something in the woods, you tell me. If you hear something in the water, you tell me. But under no circumstance are you allowed to take off your blindfold. Do you hear that? Everybody and welcome back to another female episode on our podcast of everything horror. I am your hostess tonight, Tessa Baker, and I am joined by some of my fellow ladies who enjoy horror. Uh, Miss Allie. Hello. And Miss Stacy Cox. Hi. And, uh, they're from DK Mag. And then we got Miss Sheila Sepier Gamer. Hello. Who is also a part of Everything Horror Podcast. And tonight's discussion, ladies, what are we going to talk about? Bird Box. Bird Box. You got it. So, just to give a brief synopsis of the film Bird Box, uh, when a mysterious force decimates the population, only one thing is certain. If you see it, you die. The survivors must now avoid coming face-to-face with an entity that takes the form of their worst fears. Searching for hope and a new beginning, a woman and her children embark on a dangerous journey through the woods and down the river to find the one place that may offer sanctuary. To make it, they will have to cover their eyes from the evil that chases them and complete the trip blindfolded. This film was released uh, November 12th of 2018. So. Ladies, uh, 
What did you guys think about this at first glance when you like saw the trailer for it? When I first saw the trailer, um, first I was like, wow, Sandra Bullock in a Netflix original. That's awesome. Um, and then when I started to, when I saw the trailer, I was like, all right, this seems interesting. Right off the bat, I kind of got that, like, you don't know what it is, like the happening kind of vibe. Um, and I just figured, and it, you know, with Sandra Bullock, her being such a tremendous actress, I was like, all right, this, whatever, whatever's going to happen in this movie, is, there's going to be a lot of like emotion. Um, and it's going to be like a, just a good conversation piece. Yeah, definitely. Um, how about, how about you, uh, Sheila? What did you think? Did you see the trailer for it before you watched it? Um, I did see a few trailers, but the thing that caught my eye the most was Sandra Bullock because she has such an amazing background with like horror themes or movies in general. And her her just being in this movie got my attention to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, besides Sandra Bullock, the whole blindfold thing was getting me interested. Like, I didn't really know what the blindfolds were about, but just the concept and trailer between the trailer and what I saw with her acting got me to watch it. Stacey, is there anything you would like to add? Uh, yeah, and actually, I did not watch the trailer. Um, after reading all the hype, I really just went into uh, the film blindly. Um so and I mean I'm glad I did. Um, I was I I, I kind of felt like neutral about the uh, you know the creatures, the unseen creatures. But mm-hmm. overall, I enjoyed the movie. What did you guys think of the storyline and the concept for this film? The the fact that it was about people trying to survive with without being able to see, and like Ali mentioned a little bit ago it had like the happening vibe to it which Allie and I will will get to but like the fact that you couldn't look at something or otherwise you would die like what were your guys thoughts on the concept for the film um so what what I immediately for me when I saw okay survival is not being able to see I just I kind of actually was like what would that be like like it's very, you have to lose all, use all of your senses um, it, it, with this. And, you know, we it's something where it's going to be a movie where after you're done watching it, you're going to think, wow, like you can't really take advantage of what you have. Um, and that's exactly what happened to me. And I, I actually watched this movie literally an hour ago. Um, and so I was just like, wow, like, I don't know what I would do in that situation if I had to, you know, be blindfolded and do what she did. Like, I'm sure when you're in survival mode, you you know, you have to just, you have to go. And if there's something that is taken away, you figure out a way to adapt. But uh, to me, it was, it was, it was intense. Uh, What I was going to say was the thought of not being able to, see your eyes and use your mental capacity to use your ears the most out of even feel or touch 
because you have to use your ears to see your surrounding areas if something's close by you. So it's just a matter of finding that all out without using your eyes is a crazy concept, but it also will I ever be able to do that realistically? So the whole thing that Sandra D- Bullock went down a, a river blindfolded mm-hmm. with two children in there, not be not taking off the blindfold, but had to help uh, find them underwater to save their lives was just like wow. How many people could do that? Yeah, agreed. I I do have to agree with you, uh, Sheila, that you pretty much have, like, with your your sense of sight taken away, you pretty much have to rely on the rest of your senses in this situation to get by, as, like, as if they're almost have to be heightened for you to be able to survive this sort of situation. The concept, uh, overall, the concept I enjoyed, um, I wasn't that big of a fan, though, of not being able to see what was causing all the chaos. And I know there's that whole, like, you know, use your imagination, and that's supposed to be the point of the film. But I was a little disappointed on, you know, seeing their reactions and seeing them turn crazy, but not being able to see why. Yeah, that kind of plays into my second question. Like, what are your guys' thoughts on the unseen force causing the mass suicide in this film? Like, the fact that you don't see what's killing these people. But essentially, I guess part of it is the reason why we don't see what's killing them is because it's their, I'm guessing it's their worst, like their own personal worst fear. And I don't know, maybe that's way too much to, like, put out as a visual. I mean, I don't know. Um, Allie, what do you think? So, um, <laughs> so I'm just thinking right now, the, the, the scene where Gary, who is one of the, you know, psych pace patients, um, when he starts pointing out the drawings, I was like completely freaked out. I was like, oh my God. Like if this is what he's seeing, um, you know, and he's not affected by it, like that's, it's very dark. Like I think there were two, there were, there were two parts in this movie that like grasped me emotionally. The first one was that scene there where he, you know, when he first goes into the house, he describes how, you know, the, the patients from the psych ward, you know, escaped and made them all open their eyes, but he didn't. Um, but, and how they acted like they didn't need to be blindfolded. Um, and then when he pulls out these drawings, you know, it clicks like, okay, he's, he's obviously someone who escaped the psych ward. Um, but when he pulls out these drawings and you see them, they're so dark. Um, and I was, I, that, that was a moment of fear for me because we're we were already watching up until that point people who are dying um and they're being told like this is so beautiful this is so beautiful like you know isn't it so beautiful um but then you see this drawings and these drawings are like they're 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 very scary like you know what i mean like they're fear um so what could really be beautiful about them or is it that 
you know, these creatures, and I, I don't want to go a little, I don't want to go too off topic, but it's kind of like, okay, are these creatures affecting these people differently? Like, are they really seeing something like something beautiful, but then those who have a different state of mind, really seeing them for what they are and not being tricked by it. And that's why, for example, the, for example, the patients like, like Gary, he's not affected by it. Um, but I personally, I liked the imagination and I liked that I had that question inter internally after the movie was over. The unseen force, I thought for me personally, it was an aliens, like mind control aliens. I didn't really see it as a disease. I thought it could be an infection, like mm -hmm. some type of unknown bacteria coming around spreading throughout these people but then you see these pictures of these drawings and he's making everybody open their eyes as soon as they open their eyes they already clicked into their brain as to kill themselves so like i don't know if the alien for alien there was an alien against human war and the aliens would just overtaking their body completely so like there's like a, a lot if it ends about it but I, I like i just what i just wish they would explain what really caused it if it was like one person getting sick like a better story behind how this all became affecting the whole entire world now ali since yes. you and I are the only ones that have seen the movie The Happening, you you and I will discuss this. So between Bird Box and The Happening, does Bird Box give you the happening kind of vibe? Um, in a way, yes, it does. Um, for example, in The Happening, we were, you know, it was um people who there was this like you know, this unseen force. Um, of course, at the end of the movie, we know exactly what it is. Um, but there's this unseen force. Um, it's sort of, it starts in Europe, makes its way, you know, like Europe, Russia, makes its way to the United States. Um, and then from there, you know, it's just causing people to commit suicide, like to kill themselves. And then it's just like a con it's, you're constantly running. You're on the move. You're on the move. Um, and you have to figure out a way to survive. Um, in a way, you know, for example, here, it was a sense of, like, touch, really, and a sense of smell. Um, or, I'm sorry, in the happening, it was like a sense of feel and, and smell. You couldn't smell what was going on. You couldn't really feel it. Um, but in and then the difference in bird boxes, you know, you couldn't see it. Um, so there definitely are those similarities, but mainly with the suicide um, and then this like breeze, this mysterious breeze that kind of goes through and sort of gets it. it that's how it acquires its victims. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so there are similarities between the happening film and bird box. Like Ali was saying, the unseen there was an unseen force in both films which we did see at the end of the happening what the cause was 
but like they also both like came across as like a breeze like it would like manipulate like like grass or trees you know leaves and stuff like that and that that's like pretty much what you would see like a manifestation of it and and people would die by encountering it or whereas in bird box you would have to see it to die which as in the happening you would just have to be in its general vicinity and it and it just like like brush past you and then that's it you're dead i thought that was kind of interesting because i actually when i was watching bird box i was actually thinking about that the difference between the happening and bird box and i was seeing like the similarities and i was like huh how interesting exactly exactly like like at the beginning of bird box um i mean it all happened so fast i mean and the same thing too with the happening like it was like boom 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 you know what i mean um you know you have to establish um the problem within the first beat so it would be literally within the first 15 minutes um but it was just it was just so i think bird box was just so intense so fast because you're in a much more intimate setting when it's you know sandra bullock's character um and her sister um you know mallory and her sister jessica and and you see they don't know what exactly what's causing this to happen but they just know that it's like you see Jessica literally just go through the entire process and that just hit so hard. Like it hit you so hard and you're like, Oh my God. Like you don't know what to, you, you have to like, you got to catch your breath at it for a second there. Yeah, I definitely agreed. Um, it definitely w- went through and it made its way to where Mallory and Jess were rather quickly. It was like yeah. they were hearing about it on the news, and then all of a sudden it's there, and it's like, whoa, didn't waste any time on that. No, that escalated super quickly. And it was, did. Yeah, and then it actually, when they were in the, when um, Jessica went to go pick up Mallory uh, from Mallory's apartment that they were watching the news, it said, you know, like, like West, like um, Eastern Europe, Russia. And then, like, it, it actually had where it was in Alaska, and now their location was in Sacramento. So it traveled really fast. Yeah, I didn't waste any time getting there. No, not at all. Now, ladies, could you imagine if something like this actually happened in our Ooh. real lives? How would we adapt to this situation, <laughs> do you think? Like, how would you guys adapt to this kind of situation if it ever happened? Um, As a gamer and playing a lot of zombie games and things like that, um, you definitely have i believe a better fight against it uh-huh. like um mentally i think there's certain people that just adapt to the news and believe anything and it's the end of the world type thing and they they start panicking and those people are well those people get mind control at a quicker pace but for like someone like sandra bullock like she had no mental connection to the world whatsoever. And I feel like as a gamer, we have particularly like the same type of thoughts mm-hmm. as that. Like we really are 
limited to the amount of thoughts we put into what's actually going around because we're all in our own little world. Okay, yeah. so that's how that's how you would adapt to the situation. Yes. How about you, Allie? How would you adapt to this sort of situation if it ever happened? <laughs> I'm chicken. I'm a chicken shit. So I don't know. You're, what I would do. Your house, huh? You're gonna hold up inside your house. I'm a chicken shit, so I don't know what I would do. But um, I would I mean if it's like it's it really it's so it's so interesting how you gotta put two and two together. Like you gotta be quick, you gotta be quick. Um, so you know, obviously just bolting everything up pretty much as you know, you know that you can't see. Like as long as you don't see outside, you're good. Um, and honestly, it really didn't take I think one thing that I kind of liked and appreciated about this movie is that these unseen creatures actually had enough, it, they, they kind of had enough respect not to really violate you. You know what I mean? Like they didn't take off your blindfold for on you. They didn't take the blanket off for on you. Like they didn't do anything they like tried that. Tried to convince you to to open your eyes yourself. Yeah, like the, exactly. Like if your eyes were closed, like like if you didn't have a blindfold and your eyes were closed, like you, they didn't right. Like they didn't over. They didn't violate. It was more just like take off your blindfold. Take off your blindfold. Well, that say, one guy that came into the house, he forced people to open their eyes after yeah, he Gary. took off. Gary. Yeah, Gary. He's the only one that literally. Force people to look at the light. Right. That was that 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 is true. He was the only person who who or you know like he was him and then the other uh psych the um, other, the other crazies. Yeah, the other crazies. Um, they were the only ones who would like really force you to do it to get you to see it. But it wasn't like they were the messengers of, or maybe they were of these unseen creatures, but. You know, me personally, I would just <laughs> shake up, you know, jack up, not do anything. Um, and then what was interesting is you couldn't have any communication through your phone, your tablet, anything like that. Um, they didn't really show much. Like all you saw was when they would when um when they were at uh oh god, what was the guy's Greg. name? Greg. I'm sorry. Greg was the house where they were the house owner greg was the house right. owner. right um the house owner um he which i always refer to him as a psych doctor from svu <laughs> um, <laughs> on order but um you know when he's looking at the monitor that made sense as to him seeing now that was now that was creepy that was an intense moment as well like that was super creepy um when when you know the shadow and whatever could go through the monitor but as far as like using the phone i I wouldn't see what the problem would have been there mm -hmm. well for me i believe like the phone is another way to communicate in your ear or try to transport oh. signals true to to them for mind control but that is like you know what like like I'm like all electronics like certain amount of electronics will cause that. But the thing is, with the screen, since he was looking right at the screen, the guy did die from yeah. seeing this creature, or right off the bat. So 
you can't really see any electronic whatsoever because it all causes it to crash. Yeah, you're you're right. You are right. Actually, you're you're right. <laughs> you're well, right. I, I know what I would do in this sort of situation if this yeah. happened. I would make sure I had myself like a fallout or a bomb shelter like in place, like stocked up with supplies and food and stuff. Yeah. And I would make sure that the windows were covered, that there was like no way that I could see outside. And I guess I would have to learn how to get around with a blindfold or whatever. And um just kind of take some of the ideas that they used and you know, kind of build off of them, I guess. Well, technically, you never need to go out in the world. Only if, if you were smart enough and stock up on beans, stock up yeah. on products <laughs> like military food, like the military bags of the cooked ones that you just have to add water. Like, if you have your whole shed stocked up with that over a period of time, I think you could live in your, your shack for whatever amount of years you need to until this whole madhouse of a thing goes over. So, oh yeah, you're talking about the military ration. Yeah, food. like the yeah. the actual food in the bags, and like yeah. you just use that as a feeding for two people because yeah. they're huge. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Cece, how would you survive in this situation? If it were to happen in real life, <coughs> um, hmm. <laughs> let's see. Uh, how do you even adapt to a situation like this? Uh, well, hey, I guess you know Sandra Bullock. She had all the answers. She adapted, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess. <clears throat> I guess I would in a situation like this. I would take Sandra Bullock's uh, lead and get some blindfolds you know, get some food and grab my daughters and get the hell out of here and find that safe haven. Uh, follow the birds. <laughs> follow the birds, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah uh, that's uh, exactly what I would do. Um, man, it, it, it really just, it's such a tough uh, situation when you think about it. And, um, T touching on what uh, Ali said about, you know, the creatures are respectful in a way <laughs> and they don't, you know, touch your blindfolds or anything like that. They m try to manipulate you to see on your own. But also, here is another solution too. Uh, thinking about Gary and Thinking about him, my whole mind went back to like conspiracy theories or something like that. Like there's this group of people, the elites or whatever, who are immune, <laughs> who are immune to these creatures. Like they see them, but you know, evidently they, they don't become suicidal. I want in on that group. <laughs> I want in on that group. How do you see and not become suicidal? How is that possible? Share, please share with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, please disclose this information. Right, so you can either take, you know, Sandra Bullock's road and, you know, get the heck out of there and just like, uh, you know, pray you survive, or you could take Gary's road and 
get in on the in crowd <laughs> and see, but still go on living. You hey, you may be insane, but you're still alive. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I would take Tessa Road. Oh, the fallout shelter with the yeah. stocked up food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. I always wanted to be in a fallout shelter. Yeah, well, I would just I would just say, okay, well, let's just do this. Let's like if, if this situation were ever happened, we'll just all just do like this big huge con like commune and I'll have like Paul and I will have like the fallout shelter with like all the rations and stuff and you guys just bring your supplies and we'll just throw all this all this stuff into the shelter and we'll, uh, like, I'm down. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, so we got a plan. Awesome. All right. So, so what are your guys' thoughts on how the survivors had to survive without seeing? What did you guys think about that? Um like it was there, like, it was probably horrified for a lot of them to oh, not yeah. be able to view it. Um but that's I, I think just the point of not the unknown and not knowing how their family is going to survive in any of it really is the whole feature, you know? Do you really have loved ones or is it, you know, I don't know how to put this, like, um, how to, like, basically say, like, like, do you be more concerned about your family or do you be concerned all about your own health and your own well-being and just surviving for the unknown future? Yeah. I, did anybody else think it was kind of interesting how, like, when they took the car out to go for, like, a supply run, how, like, they relied on the motion cameras of the car? Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really good, like, the GPS. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm not going to lie, like, I think, like, there were there were no comic relief breaks in this movie. Like, I think the only break where you could kind of relax, um, two scenes for me that I can think of off the top of the head, and sorry to be a dirty girl, but definitely the sex scene was a moment where, like, I could just breathe for a second and not be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? Like, oh, my God, someone's going to die. Like, I was... Lucy and Felix in the laundry room. I'm sorry. I said, you mean Lucy and Felix in the in the laundry room scene? No, no, when, um, when, um... Uh, Tom, when Tom was with um, Mallory, that was one oh, scene. Yeah. yeah, that was like the one scene I could breathe. And then the second scene where I actually kind of laughed um, was when they put the tape on the back of the of the ca- of the camera of the SUV. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. So like when they were all painting up the, the the windows of the car, they put tape over the back window the the you know how there's like some g some suvs have like a a camera for when you back up um tom took the piece of tape and put it over the cam yeah like that was actually the one moment where i laughed but going back to the car scene sorry to kind of like just drift off like that but going back to the car scene um and them having to figure out how to survive i thought the gps was super smart with all the set and then the sensors as well, um, that really helped them. Um, and but one part that like made my stomach just like t- 
turn was whenever you would hear like a crunch or a bump because you know you're going over a dead body. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, you- I ha- but I actually have a question about that car seat. Um, when the training cop and uh, the rock dude, I don't recall his name is, when they stole the vehicle, Felix. Like, whatever Who's happened to them? Felix. Oh, I yeah, don't recall the name, but that yeah. whole scene when they stole the car, like, where did they actually go? Because after that, you never heard of it again. No, that was it. Who knows? Yeah, it's pretty much left to the imagination. But knowing them two and how careless they were and selfish they were for doing what they did, you know, they probably did not survive. Mm. Yeah, probably not. Stacy, do you have anything to add about your thoughts on how the survivors had to survive without seeing? Uh, no, actually, you all make really good points. Uh, the car scene with the GPS, I actually thought that was uh, that was really smart. Um, in times of, you know, like desperation, you need food and all that, and you know, so that was uh, smart in the movie. Yeah. Okay. So what did you guys think of Sandra Bullock's role as the main protagonist in Bird Box? How about you, Stacy? What were your thoughts on Sandra um, role as the main protagonist? I thought she was really strong. But you know what? In movies like this with Sandra Bullock, she she's always playing uh, the strong you know, the survivalist. You know, I know you guys, have you guys seen, um, what is it? You got Speed, you know, you have, uh, what's the one where she's in space and everything, and she's always playing Gravity? that. Huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. and she, she's just always playing that, um, you know, survivalist role. So uh, I feel like this role was actually meant for her. And she did really well, keeping herself and, you know, the kids alive, too. Yeah, yeah. And those kids, I mean, I there was a scene. Uh, this was the second most intense moment for me, um, besides when we saw the drawings, um, was when she literally had that Sophie's Choice moment, where it was like, which kid is going to be the one to have to be blind, uh, you know, take off the blindfold and see. And when her son offered himself, she quickly said no, because, you know, it's her son. Like she said no. But then when, you know, the little girl offered herself, she hesitated, like she didn't respond. And like, for a moment, like, like for that entire moment, like my gut was like in a knot and I was like, Oh my God. Like, what? like I actually put myself in her shoes and I was just like, what would you do? Like, what would you do? Like, you know, how do you get, um, how can you choose between two innocent children? So that, that moment right there was just so intense. And she did that role so well. I think that moment right there, her facial expressions, she really captured what a decision like that in that survival mode would be like. Because she could say, 
everyone, hey, you know, you know, I, I gotta protect my me and mines, but she 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 didn't, you know what I mean? Like, and she actually did have that moment of hesitation. And I think that was so intense because that was so real. And it was just so like it was just so capturing. It was so it was it was very, very intense. Did you what did you guys think of that moment? Well, for me, when Sandra Bullock had to make a decision, like my heart was dropping. Yeah. First of all, because I have not seen Sandra Bullock throughout the whole movie up to that point have any type of connection to these kids. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like her boyfriend um had more of a reasonable parenting connection to them that she did herself. Um, I didn't feel that she was going to be ever able to have a connection since she just called, called them boy and girl. Boy, girl. Like, yeah. like, and the doctor said at one point you're going to have to give your child a name. But I don't know if she even in her own wound, she had a connection to them. So she there was like a lot of depressing moments going through me watching yeah. this. Like, wh- why is like Sandra Bullock not like have that connection? Like, like I would be so connected to my child, I would sacrifice myself before I even give my child up to see the world. You know, like that wouldn't even be a hesitation for me. But well, I, well sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, if you if you guys remember in the beginning of the in the beginning of the movie when Mallory was like painting and stuff, and her sister, um, Jessica came to get her for her appointment. She uh-huh. she didn't want and she didn't want anything to do with it, and she didn't want the baby. Like yeah. she didn't have the baby. Like she was looking at the baby like it was like more of a burden than a blessing. And when she went to her appointment to see her her doctor, like she's like, well, if you don't want the baby, you could always give it up for adoption and stuff like that and you could see like you're spinning even then her even she was thinking about it you know and I do have to agree with you guys in the canoe scene on the river when she was saying someone's gotta look and like who's gonna look and I was just like oh god if it was me I wouldn't make neither one of my kids look like no I would, I would be right there with the rest of you guys. I would be protecting my kids. I would sacrifice yeah. myself before I let something happen to my kids. And I think we all feel that way. Yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. That just that moment right there really just took it. Like, I mean, took the cake from me. And I was just like, wow, I haven't seen this woman, you know, in such a dramatic role. Like I haven't seen gravity yet. I, I I'll, I'll confess that I haven't seen it yet. I, I can imagine her acting in that movie was spectacular as well. Um, cause it's also another survival movie. Uh, but that moment in the canoe for me, I mean, I was, I was just, I was stressed. Like I just was like, 
And like, I try to put myself in her shoes and I was like, I just can't. And then I just kind of thought to myself, like, she might sacrifice her. Like, she might sacrifice her. This is survival. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and then there's the scene where the little girl um, does disobey her. You know what I mean? And then Sandra Bullock at one point says, or, or Mallory says, like, I can't trust you. So, you know, there was that moment where it almost seemed easy enough to maybe sacrifice her. But then, you know, then we see like there's that flashback where she meet where, you know, she's talking to Olympia and she's saying to her, like, please promise me. And then, you know, there's that moment where she realizes like, no, because she really did. I, I don't know how they wrote the script, but I feel like in the script they wrote like Mallory will consider girl as you know as the as the guide or like we'll we'll sacrifice her as being the person who can view um to help with the the canoe that's that's kind of how i i i really put that like i really thought that in my mind i don't know if that was extreme i don't know what you girls think but that's kind of i really just thought like okay in the writing room they probably really had her say think like or act out like she might really consider sacrificing this little girl. Yeah, I thought that was pretty intense. That was like one of the intense scenes for me with, you know, Sandra Bullock in it. But as you see, as the as the film goes on, and you see like how Mallory changes towards the kids, especially when it gets more towards the end, where yeah. they get they get separated her like she gets separated from the children and you've mm -hmm. got these, these creatures trying to convince the children to take off their blindfolds talking to the children yeah. as if Mallory and you see Mallory like freaking out saying please don't take my children and then you're like oh there it is there's yeah. motherly you know finally <clears throat> she finally just connects completely like right there I didn't know how to feel uh, <laughs> when Mallory named them boy and girl. I said, what kind of stuff is this? And I think, I guess I kind of understood because um, mm -hmm. she's in that whole survival mode to where, okay, we're not giving any names. You know, uh, your name's boy, your name's girl. I'm not mom, I'm, you know, I'm just woman and he's man. Like, I guess I kind of um, thought of it like that. She's in survival mode until they reach the safe haven or until they reach safety. She's taking all the precautions that she can. Yeah. I just have a few things to say <laughs> about the scene that uh, I believe Allie brought up where the girl runs off. She was actually trying to help Sandra Bullock out because she yeah. had a concern and a daughterly connection to Sandra Bullock. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, that's not technically her daughter. Her, the daughter never knew the actual mother. Mm -hmm. So technically, Sandra Bullock has always been the mother figure to her. But the thing is, Sandra Bullock was never technically a parent to any of the, the either boy or girl 
because he she even yelled at boy for wanting to know the story from the boyfriend about the tree. Yeah, she was extremely annoyed. So the whole thing with Sandra Bullock and the whole fact that of the river thing until the end of the movie. Her her motherly figure finally kicked in. Like all the psychological issues that she was facing just clicked off as soon as she saw seen the doctor again. And seen all these children running around. I don't know what caused her to not have a connection to her, to her own children, because technically they were. But um yeah, there's there's a like I it's just like pretty odd. To she, stick that way. Yeah, I'm sorry. I meant to um cut you. Um, she talk. She would talk about her dad, and you know what I mean. Like when she had, when there was the um, the scene between her and um, oh, let me see her. I believe his name was Roger Douglas. Douglas. Um, Douglas was the guy, you know, who like had the shotgun at the beginning of the, you know, at the beginning who whose wife died trying to help Sandra or trying to help uh, Mallory. Um, and she said, she was like, my father, you remind me of like my father. And so, you know, that he was kind of like a different cold kind of guy, pretty selfish. Um, so she kind of dropped hint bombs on what her parents were like and why she doesn't care too much to, to be a parent. I actually think that Mallory was more connected than she appeared to be. I think mm-hmm. she really had a, soft, a hard shell. I mean, yeah. just her reaction to simple things in the movie alone really showed how connected she was. She just, you know, did, she just didn't, I think she didn't want to appear soft. But you mentioned, uh, Sheila, the conversation with John about the tree and she jumped down his throat about it, you know, and she says, well, now you're going to let him go outside and climb trees and stuff like that. And then when, you know, the little girl, Olivia, when she got out to go see about her, you know, she jumped down her, her throat, you know, she attacked her for, uh, you know, putting herself at danger. So I honestly, I think she was more connected than what she, um, let on let on to be because mm-hmm. i i noticed it i know i mean just like i observed her um her demeanor and everything and as crude as it was i think she did all that um because she was connected and she wanted them to survive yeah i mm-hmm. i i do, i do agree i think I think at certain points she seemed more connected than others, even though she had like this like tough exterior and she all she wanted to do was make sure that everybody survived. But when she jumped down Tom's throat for him telling them a story for and Tom was only trying to, you know, give the children hope. Yeah. Yeah, he was just trying to give them hope and you know Mallory jumped down Tom's throat for that, saying you shouldn't be giving them, you know, giving them, you know, false hope when it's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But he was trying to, he was trying to give, I guess, give them something to be hopeful for, something 
something to, you know, look forward to, I guess. So I I understand, like, where Tom was coming from with that, but I also understand where Mallory was coming from with that. But then again, you should, what you should think about is their kids, you know, their children. And I, I almost felt like in the, like, with the situation that they had to go through, they had to grow up a lot, like, a lot faster, I guess. Yeah. Okay. In order to adapt to the situation and survive. I agree with that. Yeah. They I did have to grow, grow up quicker than normal children would do because normal children wouldn't have to care about surviving a whole entire world at the age of what? I would say they were like five or six years old. And also, like, just to also comment back on, like, her jumping down the kids' throat during different situations and tying in where, like, it is all survival mode. And children, children learn from what you say to them. You know what I mean? So she knew, she knew, even though she was sad about it, because um, you can tell she was, but she knew she had to talk to these children, like, very stern and give them almost, like, give them military directions. You know what I mean? Like, tell them, like, this is how it is. This is what it is. This is what it is. Like, even in the opening scene, like, in the opening scene, when you see her talking to the kids and saying, you know, you will die. Like, that's something that you don't say to kids. Like, you you don't say that. Like, you know, even if you, you know, you see the children are playing with something, maybe they shouldn't play with or something like they're in a dangerous almost situation. You never as a parent or you never want to say to a kid, like you're, you can die. Cause that's a very, that's something that brings on like a lot of fear to children. You know what I mean? But this was a situation where she actually kind of had to s- talk to them a certain type of way and sort of give them fear in a way to keep them in a to keep them sort of in a like to keep, keep them, them yeah to keep, keep let them survive so that moment when and I was actually scared because I actually thought the little girl was about to like kill herself when they were on the boat uh, or when like the boat um landed on the side of that shore where that hospital was mm-hmm. um and you see her put the rope over her neck. It looked like a noose for a second. I was like, oh, my God, she's about to kill herself. Where did she get this rope from? Um, but in exactly like like was said, there was that daughterly, you know, connection where she wants to go help her mom, basically. Like, she wants to help her, her figurative mom. Um, and then Sandra jumped down her throat. But that was just because she had to tell her, like, you have got to like listen to everything I say. So that was that was all like very intense, but I kind of understood where Sandra was coming from a- acting that way or, or talking to the children that way. And then at the end, she gave them that moment. She, she kind of realized she could breathe. She can let the children be children and let them play and let them be themselves. And finally, she gave them that, that, their name. Um, I can see why she called them boy or girl, because if those spirits or, or those, you know, unseen creatures knew what the kids' names were, 
then they would be very there would be much more easier for them to try to convince the little kids to take the blindfolds off. Were yeah, you talking I, about some cutscene that they didn't show in the movie at the end? That what happened? The cutscene. Uh, there was you, you guys were discussing some cutscene that you saw that was supposed to happen at the end of the movie, but they didn't really show that. There, no, there wasn't. Oh, oh, the end of the just the end of the movie. Yeah, the cutscene at the end of the movie that they didn't technically show, oh, but well, originally, originally there they were going to put um, a creature monster in the movie to oh, reinforce, yeah. but they decided not to do it because of the fact that they thought it would be much more scarier for it to be something that the audience could see that only. The characters in the movie could see and it would be like it would be a reflection of their their what makes them afraid their fears yeah that was a smart move yeah because the monster the monster that they came up with <clears throat> we're gonna use wasn't very scary at all i was just, like looking at it like this thing looks like no offense it looks like no. it's very ugly baby. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, this thing does not scare me. I mean, I feel I feel bad for the creation, but I mean at the same time it's like I'm glad they didn't use it. Yeah, I me too. Like I, I was very glad that they didn't because like I mean, like I said, like those drawings alone were just like that's all that was needed to to like let your imagination just start running wild. You know what I mean? Because if, yeah, if you would have exactly. seen, seen a creature, it's like, think about this, right? They cut to, let's, let's, let's go to like Tom's scene, right? Where Tom, at the end, you know, he unfortunately kills himself. And it's like, cut to Tom looking into the, looking into the forest, cut to the forest and the wind, and there being this creature there. And then it's like, and then like cut back to Tom with the eyes, his eyes are turning now and you can see in his eyes that he's seeing something that's weird. And then you cut back to the forest and maybe a close up shot of like this creature, you look at the creature and you're going to be like, well, what the hell is this? Like, what, this is what I'm supposed to be scared of. Like, what is this? You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I can't. Uh, it, it, I'm glad they decided not to have a creature and to just leave it up to the imagination. Yeah, I I do think that was a a good move on their part because I think if they put the creature that they were originally going to put in the film, I think it would have made it like so much worse. Like, yeah, it would have ruined it. It would have been. It would have gone to like a super pop. Like like the way the popularity of the movie would have just. It just wouldn't have had any kind of a buzz. It w they would have made more fun of it than what they already have with memes and stuff like that already. Yeah. Well, poor Sandra Bullock and the memes that they're doing for NFL and that movie in particular. For which one? Uh, like, they had her blindfolded and kicking a field goal for, like, one of the football teams. And they I actually had... Uh, I'm like, I... Technically, feel bad, <laughs> but you know what? I feel like Netflix knows that whatever they come out with, you know, like whatever they do or come out with, 
it's gonna become real popular. Like, I think this is a movie where they made it and they thought, okay, promotion for it. What what will we do as far as promotion goes? Because usually Netflix just puts puts out movies, but they don't do like a trailer for it. They it was all it's like this. The trailer for this movie was on television, like cable TV. You know what I mean? And so they did that kind of promotion, and then I'm pretty sure they had like internet people you know do memes and and make it even more popular um which i think was just great promotion honestly now the challenges and whatnot that came up after this like those were ridiculous those were absolutely ridiculous um but there were some memes that were actually really funny there was one where it was like you know when you were a kid and your mama took you to the store and she'd say, don't you dare take that blindfold off. <laughs> you know, like basically saying like, don't you dare ask me for something because we're only here to get what we need. That those like those kinds of memes were actually really funny. Well, I could see those being funny because like me as a kid, I always used to go to the store. Mom, can I have this? No. Yeah. <laughs> can I have this? No. Can I have this? Shut up and just put the blindfold back on and, and we won't talk about it. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, those were good. Like, there were some good memes. Like, there were some funny, funny memes. But what what helped promote this movie wasn't even, like, the commercial that was on TV. I don't know how, how, because I don't have television. But, like, I was at my parents' house, and, like, I saw it then during Christmas time. Um, And I was like, okay, okay. Like, I saw one commercial, and, like, they played a bit of the trailer for it. It said, now playing on Netflix and blah, blah, blah. But then, like, it being such an internet sensation, that really took the movie and, like, just was a great promotion for it. Because Netflix comes out with a new movie almost every, like, at least two to three new movies almost every month. And you don't see, like, that much popularity for that. Like, you don't see that much promotion for it. I think the thing that actually did cause them to get a huge amount of promotion was basically getting them to hire Sandra Bullock as the main part of the character of this movie caused them to get more of that particular notification of it. I'm sorry, say that one part last one more time? Uh, them having Sandra Bullock as the main character, the big notification to bring out this movie and also, you know, make it stick out. Like uh, with the commercials and the memes, mm-hmm. because it was basically Sandra Bullock, and she doesn't do Netflix movies. She usually just does other type of movies. Yeah, her movies are more like Hollywood, and you know, like she does more of those like big box office movies. Um, so this was this was definitely to me. I was very surprised. I was just like, "What, Sandra Bullock in a Netflix movie?" But I think it's—I think it is great, though. Stacy, do you have any thoughts to add about like the people that have done like the real life Bird Box Challenge type of things and like the memes? Um, I think they are hilarious. Actually, I think that's that's what even got me to watch Bird Box was all the memes. Um. It, it's funny. It really is. It's entertainment. Um, and it's just amazing to see, you know, a film go viral like that. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, it is like no heavy promotion or advertisement or anything like that. Just, you know, <laughs> you watched the movie once and it just went viral, like almost overnight. And did you see now, like, I guess corporations are starting to uh, get on board. There's a, uh, I read there's a restaurant that's doing a whole bird box thing where, you know, you get blindfolded and it's just a whole experience that they're making inspired by bird box. And I'm like, this movie is going to be a revolution. It's it's amazing. It really is. Uh, we kind of we kind of mentioned it a little bit before about how Mallory was calling the the children boy and girl. What did you guys think about her not naming them until the end of the movie and just calling them boy and girl throughout the film? Well, I think we stated it, but uh, for me. I think it was basically connection issues um, to them. Pretty much, I believe, uh, for her to just call them boy and girl, if she didn't make it, at least she was able to know that the children had a way to survive. But I don't know technically if that was the actual reasoning for her calling them boy and girl. Or she actually has like psychological attachment to both all the time, but um, I, like that's my particular, you know, thoughts on that. I think she might have had maybe some detachment issues, um, like I was talking about earlier, when Mallory didn't really want her son in the first place she didn't want to be pregnant so I think part of it was kind of like detachment issues but I, I also agree with what I believe Allie said or maybe it was Stacy about how they were in the woods and like it would be it's more difficult for the creatures to get the children to take off their blindfolds if they don't have a name to call them by yeah I also did like how she did end up naming them in the end. And I also like the names that she chose for the two children. I thought that that was actually really, really nice. And it was kind of like a good way to honor the memory of certain people that were lost in the. Yeah, I would think that uh, every decision Mallory made um, was for the sake of survival. Uh, she she really did drive a hard bargain. Um, then again, I said I, I feel like she was really more attached and connected than she led on because just her whole uh, reaction to just simple things, and she flies off the handle like that. That shows how you know attached she really is. But um, at first, I frowned upon her naming them boy or girl boy and girl I'm like what are you serious like these are your children you give them but then you know I understood the whole concept and situation is like you know you have to survive and if these creatures don't like know your name like actually boy and girl they started off really good because they like you know society or whatever 
don't really know them. They were born in this house, you know, so they're not registered at any hospital or anything like that. So there's no information on them. There's no information to use against them to manipulate them or anything like that. Yeah. So I thought of that as well. So I thought the whole boy and girl, okay, I'm like, okay, I understand. And that's like a smart card to play. And when she finally gave them their names, you know, at the end, I was like, oh, that's so sad. That actually was an emotional part uh, for me. Like they finally got names. She finally, um, you know, she can let loose and everything. And I, I cried at that part. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I cried. Yeah, at that part, um, when she said their names, I felt like relief because that was the moment where, okay, they survived. They're in a safe place. They can, everyone can breathe. You know what I mean? So, so I, I really like that. It was, it was definitely like. It was like a, it was like a waiting to excel kind of uh, exhale kind of thing, like you know, like okay, they survived it. She gave them names, and you can tell like she had their names registered, like she knew what she was gonna name the children, um, but she just needed the right moment to tell them, and and for her to finally be able to say these are my children, um. That was, that's like when, when you, Stacey, when you said like you cry, like I got a little emotional too. Like I understood when she said, these are my children. Cause she couldn't, she couldn't do too much. Yeah. She couldn't say too much. Cause she didn't want these, these, you know, things to be able to find a way to manipulate them. And these kids were very smart because when the, when it was said, take, you can take the blindfold off. You could take the blindfold off. They, both of them were like, uh, are you sure? Because. You know, like, I loved that. I love that they didn't just immediately take it off. It was like, they questioned, like, uh, are you sure? Because he, he, he came down my throat a couple of times. Yeah. I said, I really like that. That was definitely, I think that was probably, like, the most, you know, as far as, like, emotional. Yeah, like, definitely. That was, that was definitely a very high emotion. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that, um... And also, I think another emotional part for me was when Tom, when Tom died, because it's like, you know, he fought to, you know, save them and get them to safety that he risked his own life. So that was an emotional uh, part for me as well. Yeah. And, and when what was was super emotional for me when Tom died, he was su- he had such a good heart from the beginning. Like from the beginning, he had such a good heart. And then not only that, like he, um, like Mallory finally learned how to love someone because of Tom. Like she finally learned how to like, cause you, you can tell like she wasn't a very affectionate person. She was very like locked up. You know, her her sister Jessica made this kind of like this near comment, like, you know, he, obviously the baby dad was like a roommate, but like obviously wasn't. Um, or or Sandra kind of said like, or um, Mallory said like, no, he wasn't. But then Jessica was kind of like, yeah, he was. Like he was just your roommate, obviously, and he moved out. Um, so Sandra really didn't. She took kind of took a chance on someone she liked, but as far as loving someone. Like that was the person that that she loved, and I, and I thought like I was so sad. I was sad for her. 
Like I knew some. I knew he was gonna die because you know, you know it. You can already tell. But like because you go through this emotional journey with them, you're like, oh my god, no, don't die for Mallory's sake, don't die. Actually, that whole part where Tom died, that is the first time you see Sandra Bullock, Mallory, Lily go into emotionally cry. Mm -hmm. Like, she wore his necklace after that and never took it off. Like, that necklace was her opening glare or opening light. And it was just amazing. Like, holy shit, she does have feelings. Because she yeah. was so closed off, even at the time where the whole factor took place. So, I'm not, like, I don't, like, she, like, it seemed to me that she was a child growing up in a world where she did not really give rat a rat about, like, life. Like, if she lived another day, she wouldn't really have a kid. Yeah. And and another thing, too, like, just to kind of comment on that scene where she cries. Like, I felt that. Like, I felt there were so many things that, like, you feel. But, like, I could already picture how she was crying. Like, it, it's almost like, like, you know, like, when you were a kid almost. Like, I can relate this to, like, when you're a kid and you're so frustrated that you cry but you gotta cry quietly and then like and then like you're like maybe this is a little too in depth but like you know like the ends of your hands and like your arms like you feel that like intense tingling like I know that's the cry she had when she realized that like when she knew that Tom was dead like it was that like intense extreme like body all over like just crying cuz when you cry like that like in silence like that it's it's very, it's way more intense than like when you're crying out loud um and then and then crying for something so deep and emotional i just i was just like oh my god like it turned to my like my husband and i were watching it and i was just like this reminds me of like when I would cry that I, I was upset because I didn't get something, you know, like I got in trouble or something or I didn't get something like I'm in my room and like I got to be real quiet. But like it's so intense that your whole body feels like it's crying. I don't know if that makes any kind of sense, but like I felt that when she was crying, I was like, oh, my God, that's that that was so intense. Yeah, that does make sense. And I have to agree with you guys on all the parts that you mentioned. Um, I I thought those were pretty emotional myself. Those are the ones where I was just kind of like, oh, no. And I'm like, damn. Because, like, when, when Tom sacrificed himself for Mallory and the kids to get away, and you could just see, like, that the force was taking him over, but he still like he pushed, he pushed through it just to take care of that one last loose end that was going after his family. And then mm -hmm. he took life. It was like, wow, that, that was a pretty heavy part for me. And the part where the kids almost get taken in the woods and the part in the canoe Mm -hmm. Where I had to like 
say who's gonna look. I was just like, uh, don't make either of them look. But pretty much, I'm in agreement with everybody that's spoken already. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else have anything to add on topic? No. <laughs> no. Okay, so what were your guys' uh, thoughts on the birds being a warning system to detect the danger of the unseen force? Unfortunately for me, I think all animals, if it was a bird or a different animal, they they know the surrounding and dangers. So, like, to follow the bird instinct was, like, an amazing concept to go about blindfolded and all because she like took the birds with her as a warning symbol if there was any danger around her to get in and out so that whole concept to me was really really amazing that they actually use ordinary birds that sit in a cage don't know nature from a hole mm-hmm. in the wall and able to just go poof. There's danger. Get out. That or don't let that person in. I think um animals in general, uh, as Sheila was saying, are um they are uh they're what am I trying to say? Uh, they have gone to dangers really well. Uh, they're very keen in that. So I honestly, I I think any um, any animal probably would have uh, saved the day, if you will. Um, I mean, it just it happened to be birds, but uh, yeah, I feel like just any animal could have would have sufficed in this scenario. Yeah, I, I, I like the point that Sheila brought up where these animals, like, you know, these birds, they have really been not only just in a cage, but, like, in a very, very, very close surrounding, probably since for, for a very long time, like, they were in that store, you know what I mean? And, like, and then they go into the house, like, and then the, all they got, all they know is just, like, it, you know, being enclosed and then them being able to detect, you know, and they were on, I mean, they were on cue, like to the, the fact that Douglas, who was such a like stern man, like when he heard the birds chirping, um, you know, when Gary came in the house, like he knew he was like, Oh no, we need to trust these birds. But you know, the guy knew how to kind of play his role and he knew how to kind of dim himself. Like he kind of, he, you could tell like he dumbed his, his self down so that the birds could calm down. Like he knew how to manipulate the situation. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I really like that point that Sheila brought up. And like, like you said, Stacy, any animal could really detect that kind of, um, presence or like that energy and could really and would know when something is wrong so i really like the birds um being this is and i was i was so happy when they survived off of the they, they survived the um 
the, the, the river, the rafting, right. And the, the burp, like, um, the, uh, the little, excuse me, the little girl had the bird box. I was like, oh my God, thank God the bird survived. And those are some tough birds because they didn't drown or anything. That's right. They fell in the river too, right? When the boat overturned. Yeah, yeah they were capsized. Yeah, they were in the river. I mean, and they have way smaller lungs than we do. Those are some pretty resilient birds. Yeah. <laughs> so, who was your guys' least likable character in the film and why? Well, I would say the guy with the shotgun because he only gave a shit about himself. I don't really think he cared mostly about his wife as well, um, as much as he stated he did. But that was the unlikely character that I did not like was the guy that they uh, solidated him inside the garage at one point. Um, I don't recall his name, and he was like a big, huge alcoholic. Um, I have to say, like, I hate Gary. That's it. Like, I, I truly hate him. I, oh, I detested him. Um, cause I, 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 I just, I hated him so much. He is who I hated. Um, I didn't care for Douglas. Like, Douglas was just a total, just, uh, he was a douche. He was a douche. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> he was an asshole. Oh, he, was oh. he was an asshole. But like, but I, I can say this though. If Douglas wouldn't have died, um, at least as quickly as he did, he probably been would have been someone who would have survived a long time. Um, because he was very like, even though he was an asshole. He kind of was like that I told you so kind of guy. Like, and you that's why I kind of hated him in the long run. Yeah. And like, like you want to hate, like, for me personally, like, I wanted to hate him because I was like, God, this guy is like, I hate this guy. Like, he is so selfish. Like, how, you know what I mean? But then I was like, all right, well, his wife just died trying to, you know, help Sandra or trying to help um, Mallory. Um, so that's one. Two, like he obviously was suing his neighbors because their neighbors wanted to do some kind of glass thing and he had he did not care to see the inside of their life. Um and he was just I mean, and then he kind of did that like make the world great again comment. So I was just like, Oh, okay, I see where we're going here with this. Um, and who this type, you know, who this guy is. But he was actually a person who I kind of, I really had, I had respect for him. Like I didn't like him, but I kind of respected him because he knew what he was talking about. Like he knew it and the audience knew it. Just the cast didn't know it. When it came to, to Gary and Gary not being the kind of guy, you know, you would, you want in the house. And he was right. He really was right. You had to give that to him. Well, that's because the kindness of the lady that actually had girl originally, she mm -hmm. was very, how do I put yeah. this? Gullible. Gull yeah, gullible or, yeah, I gullible is the actual right word to say because she was very gullible to 
or everybody because she never had to survive in anything. Her husband took care yeah. of all, all of her needs. Yeah, her parents. She 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 said it. She said she was spoiled, and I liked her definition of spoiled. Um, or it's, or it's not that I liked it. It was just it was a different kind of. It was a different type of spoiled because you don't hear that. Like you don't hear a person say, "I'm spoiled because I've been overly loved." You usually hear people say, "I was spoiled because I got anything I wanted." True. So that was kind of a refreshing in a way like it was just so different for her to say that and then you just knew that she was just a very kind-hearted person even though she was spoiled and really didn't have to survive on her own she was well i think that also in girl uh, her mother's instinct Mm -hmm. like the lovability of another person yeah that's why she also always tried to help sandra bullock but in another way, it felt like, mm, I'm like, okay, I'm like, is this really going to end up well, or is this going to end up so wrong? Yeah, yeah. I think my least favorite character, and it's funny that you two, um, I have a love-hate relationship with um, Douglas as well. Uh, he was he was a cunt. he was such a cunt but at the same time he was that way to survive and as selfish as he was um he included everyone else in that too because like okay look i'm holding i'm held up in here with all you sons of bitches okay i want to survive i don't know about you but i want to survive so if you want to survive you do what i say i got that whole like old demeanor about him you know, do what I say, and maybe you'll make it out alive. You know, <laughs> but um, let's see. But my least favorite character is Gary. Uh, oh my, Gary <laughs> was the cunt of cunts. Like <laughs> he, I mean, he tried to make the baby see. You know, it's like, are you serious? What, what kind of person are you? Oh yeah, I hated that person. I hated him. Oh, he he tried to make the babies see the babies. I'm like, dude, go away. He he trapped the bird in the refrigerator. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Wow, I, what kind of person? Oh yeah, it was the, it was the winding, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's abuse towards animals and kids. Now I will say this: he was um, obviously crazy. Um, but like, if he would have been like a psychopath, he would have killed the birds. Like I thought he was going to wring their necks. Yeah. Like I thought I was like, oh, he's going to wring their necks. Like that's what's going to happen right now. And he didn't. I did did actually feel that way at a certain point. Um, but I seriously thought he was literally going to. Tie everybody together, drag them out in the fucking sun, and make them stare at it while he laughs at them. Like that psychotic demeanor all come out at once to everybody. Mm -hmm. Even though he did it one by one, I thought he was literally going to just tie everybody in like 
a roundhouse of like knots and just fucking drag them out. Yeah. So I guess it's safe to say we are all in agreement that uh, Douglas and um, Gary are the assholes of this film. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But wow. but I have to give a pass to Douglas because he wasn't as bad as Gary. Gary was the worst. Yeah, Gary was the worst, but Douglas was pretty up there too on the ass. Douglas. And I'm sorry for saying this, but if it wasn't for Olympia, Gary would not have gotten in that house. So, oh, yeah. you can't be so gullible in life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she was too dark gullible. It's like, girl, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I had a bad feeling. I'm like, no. I'm like, don't let him in. I'm like, why is she opening the door for? I'm like, you have all the support you need. Just run. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, she was a cunt for letting Gary in. <laughs> but I'm like, but she has such a good heart. I'm like, I want to hate you so bad, but you got such a good heart. Thank <laughs> you for letting that, that psychopath in. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I was, I was definitely over her. But she was a sweetheart. Yeah, but I I I feel bad and uh I I do I did feel bad. Yeah. Ugh, when she when her and then and then the older lady, you know, like they died. I was like, "Oh my god, no." That older lady was such a sweet woman. I'm like, oh, I just wanted to cry." And she was a tough little cookie. She was yeah. knocked out. Which at that point I was like, oh damn, she shouldn't have knocked them out. But she knocked out Douglas. Which at that which in a in a way it was like, all right, thank God, shut up. <laughs> now, if Tom were to have survived, how do you think he would have reacted to seeing the safe haven at the end if they all if they all made it, like Tom, Mallory, and the kids, I oh. think he would. Ex- I think Tom would accept ex- uh, Mallory to marry him and to be a family. Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. But he was yeah. so in love with her and those kids. He was. He was such a good person. Like when he told this story of like escorting the father. Every day, um, I was just like, oh, oh, my God. Like, he has such a good heart. You know what I mean? Because, like, like, I don't remember what the line was before that. It was something like the end, like surviving the end of the world or, like, this, it, you know, this is the end of the world or whatever was said um, by Sandra Bullock. And then he said, like, no, like, you know, I used in the middle of all this chaos during the war in Iraq, like I would escort this father and his four kids and he would take them to school, like, you know, like to take them to school. And like that moment, I was just like, Tom is like an amazing person. Like he's a good guy. And, and if he would have survived and he would have been able to like go to he would have been able to go to, you know, the, the, the school for the blind 
you know, like it would have been just such a like it would have been such a nice add to the movie. Like he would, he didn't have to die. He really didn't have to. I yeah. I definitely agree with you. Yeah, I was really hoping that Tom was going to make it, but I kind of like you guys said we we all kind of saw it coming. It was like a is like a love affair and then you knew it was just going to come to like a tragic end somehow and he was going to end up being like a sacrificial lamb for lack of better wording oh yeah <laughs> all right so last thing i want to ask you guys is your final thoughts on bird box i would definitely recommend people watching it um, I do feel there's a lot of psychological terms that we didn't get to that could explain the whole Molly situation as mm -hmm. well as others around. But for me in general, it was a really good movie on my end. Um, even though there was not that much of the horror, f horror factor brought onto it, Besides the unknown and when it was going to attack, I still feel it was an extremely good movie and the storyline was amazing for me. I agree. Um, I, I would definitely recommend this movie. I waited until this podcast, um, you know, until we recorded this. Like, I knew I wanted to watch it and just have, like, you know, like that, like, straight off like emotional perspective of it. And I, I would definitely recommend it. I know that the movie has already been out for like, you know, a month and a half. Um, but it's, it's just so it's worth watching. It's worth watching a second time. Like, I feel like this is a movie I'd probably, you know how there's a couple movies we watch a couple times. And like, even though you watch it a, a couple times, it never bothers you. Um, this is probably one of those because um, it's just very, it's intense. There's a lot, um, like, as you said, Sheila, there's a lot of psychological aspects to this movie that we didn't have yet a chance to tap in or tap as much into. Um, but there's a lot to think about. And I think that's, you know, when you're done watching this movie, there's a lot that you can think about. Um afterwards and a lot of conclusions and a lot of theories um and this is just definitely a good conversational piece so i i do i did i loved bird box i really did good job netflix hi again i loved it i did um very good concept uh, great writing great acting great cast mm -hmm. um yeah, Netflix has been on a roll, and this is a good one. Agreed. <laughs> so, would you ladies say that it's safe to uh, come to an agreement that um, this film it would is fitting for the month of February for the Women and Women in Horror Month? Oh, t totally, definitely. Yeah, Sandra Bullock um, is, I mean, she's definitely, you know, a, a big influence. Yeah, which I forgot to mention in the beginning that um, this is uh, one of our discussions 
for the uh, Women in Horror Month uh, is Bird Box. So we trying to come up with a couple other mm-hmm. ideas, maybe do a couple different um, other uh, Women in Horror all female episodes this month. Mm. You guys- I'm definitely down for it. So is there anything else anybody wants to add or do you think we've covered everything, guys? I think we've no, covered. I think we pretty much covered everything. Well, with that being said, um, I think we're good. And um, I want to thank each and every one of you for joining me mm-hmm. tonight to do this episode. And you guys are awesome. And you too. (laughs) It's great to be getting the female podcast episodes back up and running. Kind of hard to do by yourself, but I'm glad I've got a great, great team of great team of women to help me with it this time around. So I just wanted to say that and say that I, I really appreciate each and every one of you. So, um, how about you ladies, um, say where you're from, um, and if there's a way that you, if people wanted to, like, reach you guys, like, through DK Mag, or whatever, um, how about I start with, uh, Stacy. Stacy Cox, staff correspondent for DK Mag. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Google Plus. Uh, I believe Ali. Do you know any more? Um, no, you have covered it all. So um, Stacy and I are both from DK Mag, um, and yep, we are on Twitter. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, website as well. Website would be DK Mag, not magazine, mag. So just dkmag.com. That's um, not the letters DK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> you know, we got to put a solution. You. You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, guys, so that's where you can find Stacy and myself. Um, and then my personal social net uh, media is Ali Moments. So A L I and Moments M O M E N T S. Um, how about you, Sheila? Where can anybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch under Sheila C Pure Gamer. Also, you will find me on Twitter at Skintimate0516. Um, that's basically where you can message me, make comments, follow me, know what I'm doing in the near future. I possibly might have my YouTube page back up and running. Not sure yet, but that's about it. And Sheila is also a part of the Everything Horror Podcast along with myself, obviously. Um, And she's a valuable asset to the team, and we're very grateful to have her. Uh, She does our game commentary for us. 
Which I haven't done in a while, which I gotta get back to sooner or later. It is perfectly understandable, and it is okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As for Everything Horror Podcast, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, iTunes, Podbean platform, Amazon Alexa. um, Trying to think where else. Um... Paul and I also have a personal Instagram and Facebook accounts as well. Um, You can also find our website at ehpodcast.com. That is E-H-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S.com. And I was your hostess this evening, Tessa Baker, and thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, stay scary.